0: We had people like um, Douglas Carswell and Bernard Jenkin, I remember, and and many others on on the panel with you. But you told us your views then. We'd like to hear your views again now. Your your party, of course, the Law and Justice Party, sits with the Conservative Party in the European Parliament, where you used to be a member, uh, in the ECR, the European Conservative Reformist Group. So you have a, a slightly different perspective to that of many other uh, European uh, EU, EU member state ministers who, who, whose parties don't sit with the Conservatives in the European Parliament. But how does, it, how does it look from Warsaw? And what kind of deal would be good for Warsaw? Thank you for the invitation. Uh, it's a great privilege to, to be here and to talk to you in this very particular audience about Brexit. I find myself a, a, a little bit in a strange position Because uh, as as you do, I believe in sovereignty as a a main political concept. So I will try to avoid any kind of interference with your political process, which is very hard because uh, Brexit is uh, is an exercise for all of us. And we we have to do it together or fail. And uh, the general question uh, put by Charles Grant uh, how to make it a success, uh, isn't very easy. Uh, I would say that, uh, especially taking into account the tone of, of, of the intervention of uh, Mrs. Samuel and the tone of many interventions in, in British politics, we can easily understand that, that it is not very easy to make Brexit success. And they have to admit that the position of Prime Minister May in in today's circumstances is very, very troublesome. And I'm afraid that without a proper internal British debate about it and a British consensus as wide as possible, it will be really hard to make Brexit a success for all of us. I'm not talking about your own interests because you know better what you need and what you want, but I'm talking about our own common interest in, in Europe, because I believe that uh, to understand the, the logic of the situation we have, we should, at least time to time, uh, we should decide to go out of this detailed uh, negotiation table, detailed problems, which uh, have to be detailed, because we are talking about very long-term membership of very active member state. And to, to look at this in a, a little bit wider perspective, uh, whatever will happen with European Union, and whatever will happen with British membership in European Union, we will be neighbors forever. There is no choice. It is not our choice. We are happy to have a neighbors like Great Britain, uh, a distant neighbors, uh, not the closest one. But, uh, um, but we have to think about, it. we have to remember about this aspect. It means that we haven't such a comfort to, um, to decide or to, to choose any kind of relations. Any kind of relations we can, we can uh, create anytime without any, any specific uh, uh, negotiating uh, problems. We have to find a, a proper, intensive, substantial, closest possible, unprecedented. As Prime Minister May used to say, unprecedented relations. Otherwise, we will fail. Otherwise, uh, the, the economic damage for the United Kingdom will be probably substantial, and political and political damage for Europe will be important. I think both sides of the negoc- of negotiations try to forget about the, the damage possible damage. And, of course, it's hard to say what scale of damage we are talking about, but the damage is for sure. In case of failure, we have a damage on the table, and we will be responsible for that damage. So um, it is not an easy thing to make Brexit a success, but it is possible. It is obviously uh, possible. First of all, we need a deal which will be uh, ambitious and to the deal which would be attractive, uh, equally attractive for both sides, or equally unattractive for both sides. In the end, we have to defend the deal in our parliaments, British Parliament, European Parliament, national parliaments, and continent. So of course, it is uh, about politics, because we are talking about great political change. But it is also about uh, legal questions and legal obligations. The European Union is an <laughs> unprecedented legal entity with an unprecedented in intensity of legal mutual obligations. So we, we should remember about politics, we should remember about the wider perspective, but we can't neglect the legal aspect of negotiations. There is no such a thing like a Brexit bill. I think it's, uh, it's a useless to say about Brexit bill. Brexit is Surely for free, because it is a sovereign decision of the British people. comes not from the fact of Brexit, but comes from the fact of membership. Another sovereign decision of the British people, with a long-term uh, consequences. That's why we should remember about politics, but take into account also the, the legal uh, the illegal questions created by the fact of your sovereign decision to join the European Union, whatever we think about it, that time or, or, or today, I'm pretty sure that um, a couple of weeks before, we were on the trajectory of crash, of major negotiating crisis. With a Florence speech of Prime Minister May, we have a chance to avoid the, the major crash. But of course, uh, it, it's up to us. It's up to persons sitting on the negotiating table uh, and their responsibility, what to do with that chance. The concept of the implementation period or, or transition period is a chance to find a way out of this deadlock, of course. We are talking about the legal concept which implies a lot of consequences in terms of budgetary, financial, judiciary role of the EU law, because it is based on EU law. And it is clearly defined in the European Council recommendation on Brexit, which are, I think, realistic and friendly, that this kind of uh, implementation period um, should be based on uh, EU, uh, EU law. We know what we want, of course, and I don't want to repeat. We, we need a, a credible guarantees for citizens, for financial deal, many other things. And of course, in the end, I think, and this is a most positive aspect, we all believe, especially Poland and Great Britain, that in the end, we need unprecedented, closest possible relations in, on everything, on everything possible. Of course, it's up to, to you also to decide how close you want to be to, to continent. But it sounds simple, uh, and it isn't simple at all, because in the meantime, we know very well that we can't accept unconditional talks about the future relation, and you can't defend, can't accept EU expectations on citizens' rights and, and financial settlement. This is the place where politics should be... Uh, revived uh, as a major uh, factor in the whole process. Because without the political imagination, creativity mentioned, by the way, by Prime Minister May a couple of times during the Florence speech, uh, without the creativity, we will uh, land in, uh, in a very unsecured zone on uh, Saturday, 13th of March, uh, 2019. And we, wouldn't, we shouldn't be proud of it. It would be a failure. if. This day, this Saturday, we will land as a, a one of numerous members of the World Trade Organization. It is not a success of, of anybody here. And uh, the time after that, we will understand it even better and better. Uh, and there is no clue in finding a guilty, uh, finding a person who would be responsible for that. It doesn't matter, in fact, because it's a common, common failure. I believe that with a transitional uh, period, we can find uh, a way how to form a deal which would be understandable for both sides. But uh, we have to do it very carefully and step by steps without uh, unproportional demands and unproportional statement. I have to admit that I appreciate very much not only Florence speech mentioned by me many times here, but also the reception of the Florence speech uh, among the European decision makers, because the tone of the uh, of the reception, the, the the general message from from the continent, including Michel Barnier, was conditionally positive. It means that we all believe that we should do something, probably something else than. Uh, linear choice between uh, this or that logic. We need to find something something else. We need to find a way out of this, uh, out of this deadlock. Poland uh, will be surely one of those numerous, I believe numerous member states of the European Union which would like to create most positive context for these negotiations for two reasons, not, not only one. First of all, of course, we need a deal. That's no, 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 um, it's, it's clear. But the second aspect, the sec- not less important, not a less important reason why we will do our best to create a positive context for these negotiations is the fact that in the end we need uh, a substantial, closest possible um, cooperation in many, many aspects for mutual interest. And this is the the major belief of our politics on on Brexit, and I hope we will find uh, a partner in member states and UK. Okay, thank you, Conrad, for sticking to time, and thanks for giving us the view, the view from Warsaw. Um, and I'm sure the British government will be glad to hear that you want as close a relationship as possible.